Hey, this your boy Laws from the other side of sports with BOK Sports 980 just reminding you to go download our app. All you got to do is go to your app store and type in parentheses, the other side of sports. You get to listen to our content whenever you want. He's lying. He's lying. Dog, I'm not lying. On Mother's Mode, you can get our app at the app store on your mobile device right now. So when you're on your commute or whenever, you can rock with us. Now, on our show. You are now tuned to the other side of BOK Sports 9 Welcome back. You're now tuning to the other side, the other side of sports. Yeah. I'm your host, Laws. Yeah. We got D, we got yeah. Jeff, we got Aaron in the building. Yeah. Rocking out. Uh, before we get to our questions for the day, though, have y'all have y'all peeped the uh, the Snoop Gospel jump? Though the jump is like that. It's young. Yeah, the jump was I was super surprised. That's right, you already know. Like I heard Snoop was doing a, a gospel album, but I I I didn't imagine this jump being like this. This is the best gospel album I ever heard in my life. What? He lying. What? Really? He's lying. Jonas vicious. Dude. There you go, dog. Yeah, he got I might decide. Oh, you you might be dog. <laughs> Best. It's good, dog. It's good. It's real good. It's real <laughs> good. Dead, yeah. <laughs> nah, but it's all time. But nah, check this joint out. The dog, the the, the uh, feature list is is ridiculous. Hold on, anybody is he anybody. He rapping on the I game? mean, not though. It, it's it it, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, no, no, no. I mean, it's gospel singers on the joint. He not doing a whole lot of rapping. He got one song where he like kind of rap, but most of it is like his production and his like arrangements of the songs or whatever. And though he got the best of the best on it, he got Todd Tribute, he got uh, you know Fred Hammond, he got uh, dog Patty Labelle on the joint. Like, and and you can we can go watch an interview. But like, he talks about how as he when he started the project, how all these different artists wanted to jump on, because they just saw how big it was getting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it's really good though. It's a really good album. I, I I challenge anybody out there, you know, you into gospel music or whatever, whatever, go check it out. It's 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 a it's worth the purchase. I'll say that. Um, so uh, on our questions for the day, uh, the question starts out. It says, my boyfriend in two and a half years just proposed to me. It was great. And I was on cloud nine. Our relationship didn't have the smoothest start. He was very back and forth in the beginning, but we are truly best friends with more love for each other than I could ever explain. So naturally, when he popped the question, I was thrilled until I found out he has been emailing with his ex-fiance throughout almost our entire relationship. He was previously engaged for over six years ago to a girl he dated off and on for five plus years. They were broken up for the first time for almost two years when they ran into each other and decided to give it another shot. Shortly after they were engaged, it ended up running its course again for reasons that I don't entirely know. I knew he had contact with her when we first started dating, but when we became serious, I explained that it bothered me. He said he would stop talking to her, you know, texting, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Cut to this week. In one of my less proud moments, I looked at his phone out of curiosity regarding engagement. Congratulations. He has several girls from his past who I've expected may have been more than friends at some point. That's right, you already know. Who he still maintains contact with. I was interested to see what their take was on our engagement. Not cool, but the truth. I was also interested to see if his ex knew we got engaged, and if so, did she reach out to him? While looking, I uncovered over a year's worth of emails between the two of them. The first few I saw were a few months into our relationship. He sent her an e-card with some joke about having sex. They proceeded to talk about how they like to do that again. It went back and forth, but I was seeing more red than actual words on the screen. Another email started because she deleted her Facebook account after seeing a photo of my fiance and me at a concert together. He proceeded to tell her that 
he only took the picture because the lights were cool and that he would have preferred to have been with her instead of me. Then a month or so later, he sent an email after the, her father passed. I completely understand his concern and need to express condolences, but he went into great detail about how important her family was to him. And, and then he signed it, love his name. Then there was more emails between the two of them about six months later, which well into our relationship in those, they talked about a great length about their relationship, how no one makes them feel the same way. No one understands her like he does, how hard it is for him to see photos of her and her husband, how uh, much she misses him. And finally, she complained thoroughly about her marriage and said she wished she could be with him again, but she said she knows he can't wait for her. He said he was confused, flattered, and missed her too. I had enough and stopped reading. I confronted him about it and blowout fight ensued. The next day, he deleted everything. Later on, I saw an email from her telling him to delete everything and figure it out. He says he he's devastated and swears that all of the emails were over a year ago. But when I pressed him for honesty, he said he thinks they're the last emails to each other were like eight months ago. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know what to believe. He says he never loved anyone more than me and wouldn't have proposed if he weren't certain. I'm furious, heartbroken, humiliated. I simply don't know what to do. Can you give me advice? Don't ask me a dumb question you don't answer to. This is, this is tough. Another tough. Ah... It seems just just looking at this, just from what her side of it, right? It seems as though that he has obviously never gotten over his ex fiance. Like that's the first thing I noticed. Um, that's right. You already know for the simple fact that she's still catching feelings. If it's a picture of him and her, she said on her whole Facebook account. Like that's pretty serious. Um, he's obviously telling her things, saying "I love you." And you know, for women, you tell them that. I mean, that's all. I mean. Most of them just want to hear that. And the minute they hear it, they kind of like just, you got them. You know what I'm trying to say? I, I, and most guys know that. You can kind of, he can kind of keep her at a distance, but he's still key. He's like kind of dragging her along in a sense, even though he proposed to this other one. But what if it doesn't work out? He can always have a fallback plan. Like he got. Well, she plan. married too, though. She got a, she got a husband of her own. It don't yeah, they both, they get both creeping behind her. Do it make a difference though? What she talking about in the emails? Like she did, she did the uh the pet detective jump and, and and seeing all the emails and everything about what they did, the whole conversation for a year. Cannot like, win with him. At this point, I don't think that he's gonna stop. I don't think the ex is gonna stop. Nah, nah. Like <clears throat> to me, when you have feelings like that for somebody, it's nothing that the new fiance can say to make him stop because once you got the heart that's it and plus he he playing a game too because he put a i love you to the to the youngin that's what that i'm was, saying that keeps her that keeps her that's what i'm saying he keeps her dragging her along with the i love you joint because when the youngin hear that it still keep her dead in the hip pocket yeah. jeff jeff you want to say something uh man uh like like d said this uh this another tough one man um, oh my god <laughs> This is all I got. Don't take my baby, okay? Yeah, like, man. Like it sounds like the uh, and the other. Um, it sounds like she's married, though, right? I heard that correct. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So both of them is like doing the most. Like, I mean, it's I don't know how you know what to say. Like as far as like like she said, like her world has basically been turned upside down. Like here she is in her mind, you know. Uh, ready to marry uh, marry him or whatever and, and and settle down and and then like this happens like usually stuff like this kind of happens earlier so it can kind of you know be um, worked out or either like you know either person is going to leave in her case obviously the ball would be in her court and but like for it to be so like you know what I mean like close and the fact that he just asked her to marry him and now she's finding that like it's it's gonna be tough man I like that the whole the, the trust and and that aspect of things like will she be able to 
uh, you know, get over it? Or is this going to be something that continues to plague their relationship? So, I mean, like, I guess, like, that's the question, you know, that she has to ask herself. Like, can she get past this? Because, yeah, um, yeah it's, that's just tough. Like, it's, will yeah, she you, trust you, him? Like, if down, she don't believe him. Yeah. yeah she said she don't believe him. in the fourth quarter, though. Yeah, it's a tough deficit to go but, back. But, but even even so, even what you just said, Jeff, about her getting past this, it's more about him getting past it. Because I don't, I don't think he's over it. I, that's the that's the thing well, that I, I see the yeah. most, and she yeah, she'll never too. be able to get over something that he can't get over because it will always be in the back of her mind. She will still see emails. She'll still be investigating the whole time. Like, do you want to have peace of mind or do you want to just be married to get married? I mean, that's yeah. that's my question. There's some things right. that it you may need to have premarital counseling and stuff like that before you. It definitely, they make definitely that need jump. to put a halt. They definitely yeah. need to put oh, a halt. Yeah. Put no pump the brakes. On, on marriage or engagement or whatever, put that on hold right right now. All right, you want to say something to him? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo. Oh, he man. said everything by saying nothing. Next question. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to say you don't want to got no input for it, no. I mean, what you want me to make something up, dog? This is not my Keep it funky, dog. Keep it 100 yeah. funky, dog. Oh, like, what, what, what would you tell her to do? Yeah. Get another d- Like, if somebody's still hung up on somebody else, like, people get caught up too much in so much of the extra stuff. Like, why are you dealing with this stuff? And yep, what, are they just married or engaged? Engaged. Engage. Not married. No, it's too early for foolishness. Like, just stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not going to end yeah. here. So that's, that's the thing. Nah. I mean, like yeah. I said, usually, like, something like this, like, it, it might, like, kind of flare up earlier on. So, like, you can kind of work through it or, you know, mm-hmm. be done. But, like, for it to happen after he's proposed, like, that's, that's a tough. And all along, you thought, like, it was one way and you thought he was this one guy. But then... You find out all this chain of like emails dating back like over a year of correspondence. That that's yeah, that's tough, man. So so I say I say this though, in 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 the dude's defense. She went through his phone and this is what she found. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, was nothing else. So so it's not a pattern of him like trying to wrap a whole bunch of youngins up or like pile a ticket with a whole bunch. This one dude. Wouldn't it be better that he just smashed somebody off and is not tripping off of them versus hung up on one person? It would almost be better for him to be hitting a bunch of other youngs that he doesn't care about than actually his heart uh, is with somebody else that you engage. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Can't do it. Yeah, that's the, it. Heart, the heart Once being with the somebody heart. else. That's where, the, that's where the body yeah. goes, man. That's the body yeah, goes. And, and him, you know, talking about how much the family meant to him and all of that and, and taking that trip down memory lane. Like, that's a lot of... Uh, you know what I'm saying? A lot of feelings and emotions like tied up. And like you say, uh, Aaron, like usually like a dude is just knocking off of, like randoms, like it ain't nothing there. And like at least like like she might feel comfort in that. And like, but I mean, yeah. Oh, no, nah, ain't no comfort in that though. You sleeping, out, you sleeping outdoors. Most scenarios, you finito. So uh, uh I right, order some sports. Let's get into this Johnny Manziel. Uh, Johnny Manziel played in the, what is this, the Spring League? So it's not the Canadian League, but it's like the Spring League to the Canadian League or something like that. Um, And he went nine for 15 for 83 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked three times. Uh, Will this get him a job? Like, I guess the league goes into the 15th of this month. Is that is this is this his tryout for the NFL playing in this Canadian Spring League? I think a lot of the GMs want Johnny Manziel in the league. Mm-hmm. The league wants Johnny in the league. I think what they're trying to see is can he keep his life together off the field for an extended period of time? Because um, a lot of what they say about him is he's real good at selling you a dream or acting like he got his stuff together. But as soon as the as soon as the sun go down, he back to doing his regular schedule. Yeah, in the streets. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not doing anything illegal. They just want to see if I feel like can he keep it together? Can he stay out of trouble? Can he commit to football over? I guess the nightlife, right? And then if it looks like he's serious about it, I think he's definitely going to get a job. Mm-hmm. 
So this is the question. Can he stay committed to football? Nah, Bob. Um, I mean, may- maybe. I mean, he'll like you like like Aaron said. He'll he'll get a second chance if he, you know, uh, does all the checks and balances. Just because, um, you know, uh, like the, all those people that evaluated uh, talent and they they want to be right. They want to be like, look, he just wasn't in the right situation, the right, you know, um, franchise, and, and and so on and so forth, and. and Maybe the fact that he has gone through what he's gone through and, you know, it's not in the NFL, you know, maybe that will, um, you know, make him realize what he didn't have and and he will be able to uh, leave that stuff alone. But it's tough, man. Like, if he start, you know, playing good and getting his swag back, like, he he probably might turn into the same old Johnny. Like, you know what I mean? But the Mm -hmm. fact that... He had all that taken away from him. It's like he saw that he wasn't invincible. But like guys like that, man, once once things start going good, you know, he might be back to the same old. But that's right. You already know. I, I mean, oh, I, it's tough to call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will say in his defense is, I guess through him trying to get himself fixed, he found that he had real mental issues and supposedly is on medication now that's supposed to be helping him. So if it's a mental um thing i think he said he was bipolar um yeah and if he's being medicated now then maybe it wasn't just him being trifling and not caring if it's a bigger issue and he's getting real help for it then you know what i mean maybe he is gonna be different this go around uh speaking of real help and second chances rg3 is now with the ravens will he see the field for Baltimore? Uh, with Flacco's injury history, he may probably see the field this year. The question Will is, he make the roster? It depends on what they do in the draft. He's better than Mallet as a yeah. backup quarterback. But that is true. if they end up getting a young guy who they want to get some reps, because um, Flacco's kind of trash now. Um, yeah, he got his payday. He won. Cannot win with him. You know. And it's clear you can't build around Flacco, like build a team around Flacco. So they might be looking to transition to the next guy. So if they get somebody um, that ends up slipping um, in the draft that they want to get those reps, then he might not make the team. So you don't think he'll make the team over Ryan Mallett? No, definitely. But teams are carrying two quarterbacks now instead of three. Um, So I feel like if they get a guy who slips, let's say like a Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson, somebody who they want to get more than the third string quarterback snaps, then they might uh I think they might cut him. So I guess the I guess this offseason will be huge for him in terms of whether he can be on a roster. I mean some teams like last year the Giants, we carried three quarterbacks on the roster. Some teams do it, um, just because they they like the talent, especially when you have young talent, you you wanna hold it all to yourself. You don't wanna let no one else have an opportunity. But Ryan Mallett, I think, has had plenty of opportunities in this league, and he hasn't really shown too much. I mean, RG3, the worst thing for him is some of the things with the off the field, which not really nothing, but really his injury pass to me is what hurt RG. Um, mm-hmm. He can never stay on the field. So even if he got an opportunity to play, I don't know how long he will play for. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like that's, that's the giant where Bam is asked to over or under, young. Like, how many games he played? Right. Like, before his knee come out of socket or something. It's like, it's just. Paper. Yeah. So, I mean, because I, I feel like RG has an opportunity if he were to stay on the field and if they want to work with him, he could play better than Flacco, more certainly, look, on that roster. Look, look, if RG come in. Coming to camp with a tent fade. Oh, and, and, and a shape up. He got cornrows, though. He got a chance, though. He, he got the sides, though. He getting closer, though. He got, <laughs> he come in there like that. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. You're going to see 4,300 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, eight picks. He going to be re- revitalized, though. Now, let me ask you That's this. That's the only thing holding him back now. Did you feel like this move was done almost as a as a counter to not getting Kaepernick? You know what I'm trying to say? Like for the cat, similar quarterbacks. They, they, they quiet. They, they quiet. They quiet the rumors about them <laughs> not calling Kaepernick. And I could be wrong. I mean, it possibly could. 
I mean, we don't well, know they the inner workings of what's going on with that situation. What, they offered him the job last year, but he didn't take it because he didn't have enough time to get ready before training camp. They offered it to him the day before training camp. He turned oh, it okay. down. Okay. So that's why, the only reason why I might be inclined to... Just say no on that one. Right. I got you. Because, you know, I'd be the first one to be like, you know what they up to, but... <laughs> you already know. Because I know they offered him the job last year, that's what I'm thinking this... Um, this oh, yeah. So why why yes. why did he didn't uh, take the offer? They offered it to him the day before training camp started. So he didn't have time to, like, learn the playbook, and he didn't want to, I guess, end up on a team as a camp arm, look terrible because you don't know the playbook, and then right. get cut, and then it's just a bad look. Yeah, because cause this probably be, like, his last chance. Right, right, right. right. And he yeah. probably thought, he didn't think he was going to be out the league the whole year, too. If we go back... Yeah. He didn't play terrible in Cleveland. He was just hurt. So yeah. he probably thought <laughs> I'd get another look. Yeah, so. Yeah, like yeah. another quarterback might go down or something. Right, like, right, right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of quarterbacks down, yo, is Andrew Luck ever going to throw a football again? A baby joint. I think he's throwing the Nerf <laughs> joints right now. He throwing a nerf, the nerf nah, joint. They say he throwing the K twos. Remember back in the day, the oh, little K twos. That's all he can throw right now. Yeah, he said. So the he nerve, has, the nerve in his arm is. So this is the thing: if he's throwing K two footballs and he's still trying to strengthen that nerve, do you trust him out there? Well, you gonna trust him week one on the field for your team? Nah, Bob. Well, I don't know if he's coming back this year. Not, not week one. The way, like, he, he throwing K2, Harry. No, he better, it's about, he done missed the whole game. You know what I'm saying? It's about to be made, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. like what is he just going, OTAs like, all of a sudden on. go to the, all of a sudden go to the Duke? That's what, that's what he called the jump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He gonna just be going, and he just tossing that joint regularly? Like, you know what I mean? Deep routes, like, post patterns. Like, nah, young. Like, he ain't gonna be ready by week one. Not if he plays so, this so year. So do you think he can ever regain the full capacity of his arm? Is he turn? Is he Colt McCoy now? His arm, he got a BB gun I, for arm now. Like what? What's the? Nah, nah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, you know, take take his word for it. I mean, I know. Like Andrew. Andrew Luck is like a smart dude. Like when when he say something, like I believe him. I believe if he don't believe something, you know, he he's just not gonna say it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason. But I think, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's a stand-up dude, and he think he gonna come back. So I'm gonna I'm a rock with him for now. Now, if it's another yeah, setback, and... But every, every quarterback thinks that, though. Every so quarterback saying, saying they could come back. But, dog, you know how he be battling. I just, yeah. I know he would be out there, dog. Like, he said he tried to do too, too much, and he didn't trust the process. That that's why he is where he is. So now he like he following fully as to what the regiment is, and, and you know everybody's still in Philly, Philly uh, verbiage, but he trusts in the process. So they're also saying he might have some Kawhi Leonard in him because the owner slipped up and <laughs> said ahead. the owner slipped up and said it was all in his head. Yeah, last year. Yep. I mean, I mean, this is my question though. If he were to have a setback this season, he doesn't play again. At what point do the Colts now need to look at a That's new it, successor? Dog. You got that. If they don't draft a quarterback this year, they trip it in my opinion. Because I mean, they got you just going. They traded for what's his name from the Patriots last year. Um, you got. I mean, you got Brissett. He can Brissett. hold you down. Yeah, I thought he, yeah, Brissett. He's still on the contract. Uh, I thought I so. Thought he was. Oh, okay, he might. That was a one-year deal. I'm not 100 percent sure. Let me see. But any, I mean, at the end of the day, the, yeah. the Colts have to really think about. See, the thing is, they're in a they're in a division where it's it's a winnable division. If they just get a quarterback, they have to obviously get some talent around Brissett because the offensive line last year was putrid. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't block for him, and so he got hurt. You know, he was getting beat up a whole lot. But I'm just I'm just thinking at some point they have to think about maybe Andrew Luck may not be able to be the same guy anymore, or may not even play anymore. And, and and then they have to just you know move forward, find somebody. It may not be this year, maybe maybe next year. Maybe they want to see how this this year goes uh, before they probably make that jump because they they really want him to be the guy, and so they're hoping he is the guy. And we'll see what happens. So they do have Brissett under contract for the next two years. See, okay, yeah. So they got they got a little bit of a buffer. That's I a like cushion, Brissett. but you ain't winning. T- 
I do too. I mean, they gotta get some more talent, but still, you know how this business works, dog. He not even gonna get 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 the. I mean, last year was his his best chance success, and they was almost took that out of his hand for Brissett. I I just I see the Colts trying to draft somebody. I I'd be surprised if they didn't. They're too deficient in talent, Harold. There's no talent on that roster, though. Trash, big fella. You ain't lying. You right. can't take a quarterback this high when you're, t- like, no talent, though. They need a running back. They need pass rushers. Everything. O-linemen, receivers. Everything. No, they need everything. Everything. So Josh McDaniels, I guess he get a pass because he... Oh, he knew what he was doing. Saw- he knew that move. Then he ghosted him. He knew what he was doing on that one. Yeah, he, he saw that that hole in that ship. He was like, "Nah, I can't, I can't rock with you, son. I'm not rocking, Mo. In. <laughs> not rock. I'm not rocking, Mo. Can't do it." Uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill Belichick chastises Gronkowski this week being a part of the TB12 training staff. I guess mm-hmm. it's like. Tom Brady's little yeah. thing with his man, and and I, I I'm curious to know what exactly Bill Belichick had to say about it. But does this mean anything, or is this just well? Because Bill Belichick's known for ripping into his star players anyway. So they nah. said this what happened. It was it didn't happen this season. It was last season supposedly when um I think it was like during the off season like they were doing the um probably like during like training camp or whatever supposedly. He came in lighter and he wasn't showing to be effective. And so they knew that he was on this Tom Brady type of diet and he had lost weight and he just tore into him because of that. And so this is a whole issue. And you already know there's there's already a rift between Belichick and this, what's his name, Alex Guerrero, the lawyer that's also the the trainer for Tom Brady. He's a lawyer too? I, th- I believe I thought he was a lawyer. Maybe I maybe I'm incorrect on that one. But I know that Guerrero was flying with the team everywhere. He had his yeah. own office in the team facility. Um, you know, he had a seat on the jet. So it was like one of those things where he was like the part of the team, but he wasn't on the bit like the Patriots. Like oh, he ain't, he ain't like, real Patriots. Nah, he's not. He's he in a Philly. He in a Philly. Yeah, they ain't they ain't paying him. Like They're he ain't getting him. that payroll check from Trump. Right. Man. And then that whole big thing happened last year where, like, other players started to going to this TB12 kind oh, of yeah. training. He recruit, he recruiting yeah. by and, and so, and he, you can see the star player doing it. And, and the one thing about yeah. Tom Brady, for his career, he stays healthy. I mean, he, yeah. for his age. Yeah, other than that one year. Yeah. But he got, but wasn't that like, he got this man, he got this or something? Yeah, that was a knee. It was fluke. Yeah, yeah, fluke. yeah. That, was, that was like the first yeah. play of the season, but that's the only time yeah. that he missed yeah. any time. Yeah, so, he got him on his dad. He got on a Daniel diet out here. What, one thing to add, though, from Bill Belichick's point of view, you're a tight end. You can't do what a quarterback does and have like a quarterback's level of strength and flexibility and think that's going to translate to blocking against defensive ends and Von Miller and Bama's like that. It's two completely different spheres that's when true. you're talking about strength level and you're not going to lift weights. You're just going to do pliability and you got to. Go against the so, so Gronk said he wasn't lifting weights though. They That's said. part of the Guerrero training plan though, to not to yeah. do flexibility, um, what they call it plyometrics and stuff like that yeah. in place of lifting the weights. That's yeah. why he was lighter and stuff like that. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Imagine. But you know, everybody be talking about how Edelman was a part of the TB12 and he tore his ACL. So like, you know, again. Like, he, he was going. He was deviating from the plan, the, the meal plan, dog. He was, yeah, in, he was in the states. He was, doing, he was out in the streets. He was doing all the time. He was deviating, yeah. dog. So it sounds like what it, right. I mean, what it sounds like with the TB12, it might be a joint where he want to start like recruiting QBs or upcoming QBs and stuff like that. But or yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. Or kickers and things like that. But yeah. as far as like. Bamas that be out there hitting and got to deal with strength yeah. and stuff plus, like that. Like, I don't know if that's the plus, way. Plus, it's a, it's a bad look for the team because if you Bell Belichick and then your two, your star players are all going to this TB12 and then you got players in your locker room. Yeah, that's what and, they and you, and, and, your, and your staff and your your main staff is saying, hey, we need you to come in here and lift weights. You're like, dog, I'm not scheduled this morning. I'm going to TB12. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like oh, hold on. What's left? Like, what you mean you're not coming? And it's like, oh, because Tom Brady is an authority. You know, he has some level of authority in that in that locker room. 
to be like, oh, you don't gotta oh, go. I don't go to the mall. I don't go to the hey, look, and, speak, and speaking of that, I know y'all heard too about the TB12 when it was uh, all going down as far as um, uh, Garoppolo. Like, they was reporting that, like, this is when they was trying to say Garoppolo and Brady wasn't really rocking. And, like, Garoppolo showed up to the TB12 joint, and the joint was locked and closed. And, like, they, he wasn't getting no love. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, he was gone. So, I mean, I don't know what to believe. Brady See, say that ain't true, but that's what they was reporting. And this is the thing. This little, is my that's whole That's a little thing, football, right? fr- football fraternity in that job. That's right. what it is. And, and, and when I look at the whole situation, I look at the, I'm trying to look at it from like a bird's eye view. I mean, this Gronk is one thing, but if you look at like the last year or so of all the stuff that's happened to the Patriots, like the Patriots kept the Patriots organization, like my mom kept the house back in the day. Anything happens in that house, it stays in the house. You don't say nothing that happens inside this house, outside these walls. You know what I'm trying to say? Beat with a coat hanging, iron, yes. everything, the TV, get, <laughs> yeah. beat with the TV, suitcase, everything. You just right. get what tripping. happened, dog? I was playing football, fell down, dog. Your whole <laughs> your whole head don't wrapped up. Hold on, yo. <laughs> and so <laughs> when I see stuff like that, and now all of a sudden, it's almost like the Patriots is like a glass house now. Like everything is coming out, all this stuff, all this different news, the Garoppolo, the Guerrero, the TB12. Chris Long coming out saying he was glad to leave the Pats even after winning the chip and going to the Eagles last year it, it's just like it's a pattern starting to happen I mean is it is it the end of the dynasty because all these players got let go and you know I mean he, but when you think traded. about it though when you think about it though they still gonna win that division now Super Bowls I mean like you say ah oh, that's a good question but that division the division's still weak they still got Miami who's trying to do what the Patriots are doing but they not, not they don't have much. Brady at the QB and yeah, not close then you got the Bills they still searching for a QB they have the one about, I mean <laughs> they had Tyrod uh, they did I mean and let yeah, them but I mean, I think like I think that they needed like some somebody a little better. Like Tyrod was probably like about what his his uh you know what I mean his ceiling was last year. But my question to you I is, I believe it. so. But you think, but Tyrod was taking them to the playoffs though. I mean, they hadn't sniffed. I mean, I would have had a succession. I would have had a succession plan. Like I maybe would have kept him in there. But yeah, I don't that's think what I mean. Yeah, no. I don't think he's the answer. Like, I draft a quarterback, like a high quarterback, and let them sit. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? And then when Tyrod, like, you know, maybe after a year, whatever you would need him for, I would have him that for that. But in terms of, like, saying that he's the long-term answer there, no, I, I, d- I didn't that. think he was that. Yeah, okay. But but at the end of the day, the, the Patriots benefit from having a weak division and so they can make Absolutely. these type of moves every single year because they know they're going to play Miami twice the Jets twice and 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 you what you didn't say on top of that uh, they got arguably the gold at the QB position which is the biggest true. thing <laughs> so we'll see yeah uh, Giants hosting Saquon Barkley uh, D you you size I mean I'm not really pay. I don't know if I'm really size I mean they're gonna they're gonna have all the top prospects come through there. They have the number two pick in the draft, so I mean that's not unexpected. I I, I would I wouldn't mind seeing Saquon on the roster. Don't get it twisted either. Like that's that would be something I would like to see. But they're also talking about the Giants maybe taking Barkley if he's there at number two. And I, I just think all this talk is just a smoke screen before the draft because they know the Bills really really want a quarterback and they're desperate mm-hmm. and they got two first round picks. And so Look, I'll tell you this, D. Like, as far as like, if y'all did take Saquon Young, like, as far as being a Skins fan, like, we would definitely have to show up that that run, D. Because you talk about, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying you talking about having Zeke and Saquon in this, your same, same division, division. And, yeah. and we don't got no running back. You know, we've been searching for one of them since CP left. You know what I mean? So yeah, but nah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> So I just, at this point, this is just business as usual. Uh, all this talk and chatter about quarterback, I think that's a good way to make teams nervous and to think, oh, I got to move up because the Giants may take the guy. No, if they get, two, they get a first-round pick and, like, two firsts out of out of a team to move up to get. I mean, the, Bills, the Bills got it. The Bills got the ammunition to go up to. They got two first-round picks. And they'll probably and they it. desperate, too. They they yeah. prime pickings for desperation, though. Desperation. They got rid of Tyrod. 
and, and you know, Peter, ever since Peter that man, new ownership group trash, came in there. Yeah, but and the new ownership group came in there, and them Bama's I want to win. They remember they got yeah. Rex out of there quick too, so they yeah. like they they not patient at all. Yeah, definitely not at all. Uh, on some basketball, Wizards. These Babas that moved into the eighth seed. They was like fourth seed three weeks ago. These Babas is eighth seed. Set to play Toronto right now uh, in first round of playoffs. Are they going to get out the first round? Because they look terrible, dog. They better get to they the seventh seed. Terrible. They look like they got to get to the seventh seed, dog, and play the Celtics. Because right now, they look like the inside of my oh, oven, dog. Oh, man. Why like, are you doing you know the it bottom almost, part of the oven? It almost looked like they were tanking no. to get out of that sixth seed because they look worse at this no. little stretch than they did all year, though. Dog, they tanking, but it's it, it's like they just they they going further than they they anticipated going. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna lose two games. Now these guys have lost six in a row. These these dudes look terrible, dog. I went on a rant the other day when, when John Wall was out there trying to make excuses for why they lost to the Cavs. That's the whole joke that started it down here trying to Cavaliers. Come on. Son, let me ask y'all this, because I'm I'm starting to kind of change my tune, young. Like, I thought Scotty Brooks. I thought Scotty Brooks, young. Terrible. I thought he was a good coach, dog. But I, I mean, at this point, dog, like, I, I don't know what to say, young. Like, you can't really defend him, young. Like, I he never So, so this is the thing. This is one glaring deficiency that Scotty Brooks has as a head coach. Can't do it. He doesn't know how to motivate his team in those crucial moments where you gotta basically like tell him like you gotta show up. Like I feel like he's too non-confrontational. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it with his star players because he should be Kirkin on back. That, that's that, the only. Uh, yeah, that's not no, 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 I know, I think he has a few coaching deficiencies, but what I'm saying is that's something that's, I, I think that's been with him since the beginning. When he had Durant and he had Westbrook and they were trying to win and they got into a game where, you know, you needed your player to step up or you needed to, like, motivate the team in, in a certain trajectory, he just lacked the ability to do that. And I think with the players that you have, I think John Wall can be self-motivated, but sometimes he just need to be told, like, dog, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. Yeah, but see that, but see, that's the problem, man. You know, and a lot of people attribute um, you know, Scotty Brooks and the Thunder organization for never holding like Russ accountable. Like this what as spectacular as he is, he hard to play with. And he just do what he want. And so it's kind of the same thing that you look at with Brooks. Like, you know, empowering the players to just do what they want and not holding them accountable when not the star players. Like, he'll do it to, like, Oubre or somebody like that to send a message, but not to, like, Wall and Bill and them. Can he do like, it to Gortat, please? Is his sorry yeah, on the bench? Yeah, too. That's, that's the thing. And, and obviously, when you're talking about Westbrook and KD, that's two, you know, top 10 talents in the league. Uh, Bill and Wall are not that. So, like, they were able to make up for... Uh, you know, Brooks' uh, deficiencies. Whereas, you know, the Wizards, our roster can't do that. Wall and Bill can't, can't, they haven't been able to do that. Now, Wall just got back this time around, but we've seen, you know, Brooks in a short time here, like, you know, not able to get it done. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm highly, very, very much concerned at, at, at what's going to happen with the team. The team is set up poorly, though. The front court is trash, and they take no interest in playing defense. It's a layup line. Every time they play a decent squad, anybody that's a small forward or bigger that scores in the paint is going to have a layup line every time they play the Wizards. Like, we have three max players on the team. The head coach shouldn't be – his number one priority shouldn't be trying to motivate three max players. It's though. obvious what's being done out here. It's on a nightly basis. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out here because it's getting ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. I wish you did. What you did is uh, uh is Donovan Mitchell uh the new Dwayne Wade young the Jazz got the potential to move into the third seed in the West. Are they gonna upset somebody in the uh, Western Conference playoffs? Like who? If you third, the only upsets is Houston and Warriors. Ah, no go. <laughs> Next question. Don't listen to this. He's an idiot. All right, that's what we got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still no. He's nice. 
Nah, he's a cooker, dog. He's cooker, dog. Cooker. Um, yeah, I mean, is he rookie of the year? Nah. He's not? Because he just scores, but he doesn't get assists like that or rebound. Oh, but he's a prolific scorer, dog. Nah, he is. And he's going to get better. But the boy over in Philly is a whole different story. Uh Ben Simmons? That's what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's seven-foot point guard, though. What? Court vision, handle. Could do everything but shoot a jump shot. The only thing I would say, though, to me in the NBA, they need to stop is stop allowing players that miss a year um, get have a chance to get rookie of the year. Because to yeah, me, when, once you're drafted, even if you don't play that season, you get to be around the coaches, the teams, the trainers, the game film, you get to see the speed. Yeah, yeah. It's like a quarterback sitting for like a year and redshirting a year in the NFL. Like it's just, yeah. even though you're not playing, you're getting a lot of information, getting you in preparation for the league. I mean, granted, yeah, you still yeah. have to play, but it's still an unfair advantage to someone like Mitchell who didn't get any of that treatment and had to come in and like learn on the fly. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, nah, I agree. I agree with that. I think under the rules as they currently stand, I think Simmons is the rookie of the year, but I agree with that, that they should, like you have to, you know, it has to literally be your first year in the league, not like having a red shirt year. You know what I mean? So I think that's definitely, definitely should be changed. Yeah, yeah, y'all see uh, LeBron James trolling the New York Knicks. Yo, that don't get on my nerves when he trolls what? a sorry team. The Knicks some trash. This man was dogging him, and he gonna wear the shoes and do it. Hey, come on, LeBron, dog. Come on, don't do that. Don't do that. I think he's trolling the fans more than the team, though. Yeah, I think so. New York and, think they basketball gods. He like, nah, Bama, I'm the kid. And, and and uh, I mean, I think that was uh, also in reference to the Cantor joint. Remember exactly. that last time. Exactly. When cancer, you know. But still, do you gotta do that though? You know? I mean, that's like that's like me going to school and in the in the Bama, you know, in the corner, little pipsqueak dude. Man, give me your lunch, and I take his lunch, you know, from a, still still his 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 barbecue chips and, and fun bit, and then leave that Bama, or, or, or you know, slap the chocolate bit off his hand. Yeah, take his wrap snacks. Come on, dog. You, you can do that to him, but I'm not gonna go up to the. Uh, the dude on the football team, you know, and be like, hey, man, give me your lunch. Yo, like, come on, Because you know it's going to be a fight. But I think that 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 right there is the least of the things that, that'll bother me about Brown, if anything. Like, I mean, like the little trolling, especially in this day and age and with, that we live in, you know, that, like, that's, that's like slight stuff, man. So you saw him shrug his shoulders when he missed that free throw versus Yeah, 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 that wasn't that. Oh, that Jordan, was, that Jordan was would look. never, dog. That was Jordan would look. never. That was he like, I mean, I missed. I and we and we, we knew that, like, everybody knew it was trouble when he was going to the line with the game right. on the line. They had to make three of them jokes. Yeah, three of them things. Yeah. Three of them things. You know Chef Trez. Oh, my battle rap. <laughs> battle rap is on this. Chef Trez, three of them things. Uh, what? On the what? On, <laughs> uh, on, on our wide receiver prospect 2018 draft analysis. Uh, we got our wide receivers set up for this this year. Um, we can rank them in top five. Uh, mm. We can. I got some comparisons with mine. So can I just can okay? Let me, say, let me just say something real quick. This this okay. year is being touted as a weak wide receiver class, and I, and I think a lot of it is because of the cor- the poor quarterback play. And I feel like wide receiver is a, is a tough position to evaluate. It's because you got to have a good offensive line. You got to have a good quarterback that makes good decisions to have good production. If you don't have those things, you're, you could be a great wide receiver. I mean, look at Gorkowski. Who was he in college? Who was Odell Beckham in college? Who was Jarvis Landry in college? They were okay guys, but they came into the league and they killed it because they were behind bad quarterbacks or schemes. They didn't pass the ball a lot. And a lot of these guys, even like Calvin Ridley, who played for a team that only threw the ball 18 times a game. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's why, know? like, he had, yeah, like, that's why his best year, like, looked like his freshman year. You know what I'm saying? Because right. he had, you know, semblance of quarterback play. But now, mm-hmm. I agree with you because the, the film that I did see, it was some Bama's making plays and flying, like the kid Kurt, I believe, out of Texas yeah. A&M. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, so, nah, I feel you on that. 
So go ahead, Harold. Who do you have now for your? So so let me let me give you my comparisons because I think my comparisons are better than my actual <laughs> ranking. Uh, so so I like I like Calvin Ridley. I like I like Calvin Ridley. Okay. Because I when I because you know me I play football so when I'm looking at the players I'm just saying who does their game resemble to me like who do they match up if I had to like compare them to somebody so I mean not that they would necessarily be these people but I feel like these are their ceilings of the people that they could be so for oh, Calvin really you know I, I got him as like a Marvin Harrison type good solid hands you know decent exactly Good route running, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Man, decent, that's decent small, speed. Small, that's small build. Small build. Yeah. This is just a perfect comparison. Not, yeah. yeah, not not gonna get away. Now, my number two guy, who I got number two in this jump, is and his quarterback was some trash. And this guy and the next guy, they're like neck and neck. I mean, even though the comparison for one guy is better than the other, I still think this second guy is is better I think will I be better you I think you know so DJ Moore I like DJ Moore as my second second dude um, his quarterback was trash and he was catching bubble screens oh. and he was getting loose and like he definitely plays and resembles Stefan Diggs to me mm. like I mean I know they both went to Maryland and I know that's like the easy comparison but he really does resemble <laughs> Stefan Diggs I mean like I looked at this game and he can get away and he's shifty he has good speed and he has good hands um, now, do you, you know do I think now, do you see him having a problem getting open downfield? Because to me, a lot of times he was like step, like DBs were kind of glued to him at times, but he used his physicality to kind of like separate yes. and catch so, the ball. So to me, I think like he he fits in that mold where the guys, when they go to the next level, they get better. Because Stefan Diggs was good in college, but I feel like for the pros, he got better. Yeah, like, he did I, didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see him doing what he was doing. In did you watch Maryland? No, he was no. an animal. At no, 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 he was a cooker. He was a <laughs> he, cooker. He dominated he, against elite teams. He was like, I was begging for the skins to draft him instead of. Yeah, I was, we all were. We all were. We all were. We all He was an animal. No, nah, he was an animal. I think DJ Moore would have done a lot of the same spectacular yeah, He got stuff better every year. Five days. Yeah. If he had a quarterback, this mm-hmm. Batman was playing with the Juggernaut's quarterback out that jump, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. So the fact that this guy was cooking, he was cooking at the level he was cooking at. You gotta get it. No, that to me, that you get elevated when you cook with not like a quarterback that's trash. And you, you gotta also the ball except for bubble screens and and something else to to kind of like goes with your argument is that he played with eight different quarterbacks in three seasons in Maryland. So come on, dog. To still have production like that with eight different quarterbacks, is, is, it shows his potential and how good he can be as a player at the next level. So if he if he gets a you know a team with a with a with a good quarterback, uh, upper echelon quarterback, this dude will he I think he'll put up numbers and he'll surprise a lot of people, just like Stephon Diggs did. Uh, my number three guy uh, is DJ Chark. Dog, and, that's my number two right there. That's my number. Yeah, two. and I and I said I said number two and number three were like neck and neck because I think this dude could no. be like DeAndre Hopkins at the next level. Like I, I to me he 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 high points the ball, you know, really good at like locating the ball, contorting his body, you know what I'm saying? Can got speed. Oh, uh, no, real four, speed. Three. He ran a four three two times Duh. in the combine. So he's six it. foot three though. Yeah, <laughs> no, that not. Harold, he's yeah, that's what I said. I, that's what I said. DeAndre Hopkins. I said that the comparison for the guy that I have at number three is better than the comparison I have for two because DeAndre Hopkins is better than Stefan Diggs. Like it, it's better. So I, I think DJ Chark has that upside and that ceiling. Another and whoever gets him is going to be dog. Like this Bama, like this is what I'm trying to tell you. This is another LSU product at wide receiver who doesn't didn't do a whole lot in LSU because they don't throw the ball. They just run, 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 run. Just like how Odell and, and Landry, how they were. And when they come into the league, they take it by storm because they didn't have that production in college. And I just see the same thing in this guy, man. 6'3, runs a 4'3, man, a 4'3, 4 and a 4'3. And I was watching the tape too. The Bama he gets was open. like running ahead of. It was he he gets open and he gets loose and like he got a slow like some of the passes he was just slowing up for like he burnt this man and just 
was like, oh, damn, this job about to throw on Special him. teams. He, he kills it in every facet of the game. Like, when you, yeah. when you got a 6-3 Bama returning punts, you know he's an animal, though. That's it. You At know six, he's three. an animal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, next guy I got on my list in my number four spot. We This is where it's going to get a little hairy. Uh-huh. Uh, Alden Tate. Is my number what? four dude. Really? Number four? Yeah. He ain't on the and, I, and I have come on, Harold. Look, number four. To me, to me, to me, he he's got Alshon Jeffrey in him, dog. Got a lot of potential. Like he got the Alshon Jeffrey in him. Like the Bama can, is a red zone threat. He can catch, he high points the ball. You know what I'm saying? Is he gonna yeah. blow you away with yeah. the speed? No. But can he can he make himself available as a target? I think he can. And and he has those. I mean, you see him in the red zone, Nabama's making plays like Alshon Jeffrey. So So you think he's better I, as a big body than Cortland Sutton? Yes. To me, this is just my this is just my opinion. Cortland Sutton Sutton to me is Muhammad Sanu. Like he has all the makings to be great. Like like people thought Muhammad Sanu was gonna be that dude. They were oh. like, yeah, this bad man's oh. people did. <laughs> like, what do you mean? We got Muhammad. Sanu. You don't worry about what them bums talk about over there, dog. <laughs> No, I, I, let me just let me just say me then. Because I thought Muhammad Sanu had I thought had, I thought Muhammad Sanu had the skill set to be that guy. I was like, yeah, I was like, this I know, time I, I thought, thought Muhammad Sanu was real. I was like, hey, yo, yeah. when he played, I thought it was real. And then he just turned out to just be just the guy. To me, that's what I feel like Court Sutherland will be. Like he has all the makings to be great, and then he'll get in the next level, and then somehow he'll just fade into black and he'll be a serviceable <laughs> above. He'll be a serviceable like wide receiver, just like Muhammad Sanu is a serviceable wide receiver. But he ain't the guy like you no. want him to be. He ain't the guy. So but neither, I don't know about. I, I, look, I like the kid from Florida State. I think he has loads of potential. He had a bad quarterback situation again. Another wide receiver that didn't have a great quarterback situation. But I don't think he's gonna be. You think he be number four though? The four receiver. I, I mean, it's, it's your well, opinion. I, I, get it. I mean, it's just my so so, <laughs> so okay. So, so, so for me, so for me, no, we got it on tape. It's good. No, we just messing with you, dog. I'm not hating on him. I had him as a sleeper pick. I had him as a sleeper pick at wide receiver. So I, Definitely did. So Christian Kirk to me, he's he's along the lines of Robert Woods, in my opinion. Just like he gonna be a serviceable, above average wide receiver in the league, but he's not gonna blow. The one, yeah, the one thing I don't like about Christian Kirk, I mean, he he has good speed and acceleration, all that good stuff, but I just somebody's hands seem funny to me. Like he catches a lot of like a Monty Tumor, like yeah. body catch Jones, and then other <laughs> the, time, like the, big, the biggest biggest body catcher in this draft that I was like, oh, I wouldn't draft him for no reason. Who's that? Aquani, Aquanimus. No, stop it. Aquanimus, St. Brown. Yeah, I couldn't say that. Aquanimus. Yeah, I'll call him St. Brown. Just call him St. Brown. Get back Huh? Your basket catcher, dog. No, I see him basket catcher. Oh, I see him basket catcher. Uh, <laughs> so the, so dog, he made some see the basket catches catch. I saw in, that, in, in some games, like shoelace fingertip catches. He can no, catch hands, the hands. Yeah, the Bama got hands. And he played for six five, four four. And he played for a trash quarterback too again. But it's again, it's your I mean, opinion, did, so I get it. He did play for a trash. He did play for a trash quarterback. I mean, that's why I, it's not just my and my analysis on it on its own field. Yeah, I got I mean, you. We bring it. I mean, I just look and what I'm saying, dog. Maybe, maybe I'm just critical when I see one one jump. Oh, what catch your chest is a mean you're a basket catch. <laughs> yeah. Started out on fire though, Harold. The first three joints, I was impressed though. Okay. I was like, this Bama Harold's coming along. <laughs> you ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. So if y'all got, so got, got, got to rank them, who you ranking? Rank them, rank them then. I mean, I got, I got really number one. Uh, it just to me, anybody that can run routes in the NFL is, is, is it's going to translate like pretty much immediately in the NFL. He's just super quick and fast. Um, then I got DJ Chart number two. I just think six three. Runs a four three, and he cooks. And he played. And he cooked for it. I shouldn't say cooks, but he showed his ability in LSU, and he showed some of that in the Senior Bowl, which is kind of like the Pro Bowl. But anyways, I think he's going to be another wide receiver product at LSU that's going to show off in the NFL. Um, number three, this is where it gets kind of like dicey for me. And after you get to number three, I like Colin Sutton, Sutton, and I kind of agree a little bit with what Harold was saying with Sutton. 
I, I like him. He shows a lot of promise, but there's something I, I just can't put my finger on. He doesn't separate. Maybe that's what it is. He's Dez. To me, he's a bigger body Dez, though. He's going to have to get 50-50 balls in the league. He's not going to run past anybody. Just a big body. You know what I mean? Possession receiver. Yeah. He's going to be Dez. And not new Dez, old Dez. Like a poker. That that guy, you don't want him then. He that's like Muhammad Sanu. Out this joint. He's Muhammad Sanu. Who's Mazzotti out this joint? Who's Mazzotti? That would that. Right, who's he used to get 115 receptions a year though. Playing in the slot. <laughs> He's so hey, and I like St. Brown. I I kind of I like St. Brown like number four maybe just because okay. to me after like the first two or three, I felt like St. Brown showed a lot of promise. He's six five. He can fly. And he just didn't get a lot of opportunities to show what he can do because he played for a team that just couldn't give him the football. And so because of that, I, I really like him. But something no one's talking about is Anthony Miller out of Memphis. And I'm surprised you didn't mention it because... Golden, he to me, he's for, Golden Tate. I got I got him here down. Golden, you Golden Tate. And he played, you know, with Riley... But his, right, his route running looked a little suspect, though. I seen the Bama do one of them high high hand jumps. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about too. You know exactly what I'm talking put your about. Hands up in the when air. you when you try to you try to juke a you try to juke him, and you can't juke him. You got your hands up like ah, like. <laughs> I seen a couple. I seen it. That's why I didn't have him like in my but top five. The reason why I have him on there is because look, he played. They played for Memphis, and we talked about this earlier when we talked about the quarterback class and how Riley Ferguson was a sleeper pick at quarterback possibly in this draft. And a lot of those passes that he was throwing were going to this kid. He's not the biggest wide receiver, but I feel like he plays more like a, uh, he has that grit of like a Steve Smith. You know what I'm trying to say? Where he yeah. doesn't back down, even though that's he's a, not. That's a good, that's a good comparison too. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like he put up big numbers at Memphis. He, and he always showed though. up to play and he could catch. Um, he made his catches. And so the other guy I like too that no one's talking about is uh, Michael is Gallup Cal- from oh. Colorado. I think it's Michael Gallup is his name. Um, that's another guy. You got to look at his film, and you, when you look at now, gr- granted his competition wasn't as high as some of these other guys. He didn't really play the top competition, but the competition he played, he fried, he cooked, and destroyed. So that's another guy that you just look at this game film, and you may be impressed with what you see from him. Michael Gallup out of Colorado. And then this is last guy, Antonio Callaway. He's not in the top five, but he could have been great out of Florida, but he had a lot of off the field issues and messed up and stuff like that. So they're talking about him falling because of that. But when you, I watched him play, he made a play against, um, when they play Alabama, who was the top cornerback for Alabama that's coming out? I forget his name. Is it, uh, shoot, I can't remember his name now. But anyways, he he juked him out of his shoes, like left him. So I was like, oh. And then the same thing he did against a guy against Iowa, who's also the top cornerback coming out, left him in the dust. So this guy has a lot of potential, but he just got to keep his head on straight. Because right now, I think he's his own worst enemy, in, in my opinion. But I want to get Aaron's take on who he think his fourth and fifth are. So, yeah, we were the same with Ridley, um, Chark, and... Who would you say your third was? I had um, St. Brown, number three. Okay, so I had because St. Brown's production was so low, yeah. so it's one thing for me to like extrapolate up when a guy plays with a, a terrible quarterback, but this man only had 33 receptions the whole year. I was looking That's for true. an injury, and he actually played, but it was just games where he had one reception or zero yeah. receptions. And so for me, it would be so hard to have him over some guys who had I got um, you. Had bigger production. You know what I mean? Better production because he had 500 yards, four touchdowns, and 33 receptions over the course of the year. To me, that's yeah, that's not enough. It's a question mark. Like, I know your quarterback bad, but no quarterback is worse than Alabama's throwing <laughs> the ball. And if Ridley could put up, you know what I mean, 967 yards, and you could have done a little better. Um, so after uh, third, I have DJ Moore. Okay. Um, to me. He's going to probably end up sliding based on uh, what's that other fast dude from Maryland that played the same way, got a bunch of bubble screens at Houston and was fast, but was trash. They drafted over Crabtree. Um, oh, man. You know what I'm talking about, Harold? He was with the Steel. He was the Steelers now, I think. The receiver that was at Maryland that played similar, I think that's going to end up costing him. Oh, uh, I know you're talking about. 
But, he's, not, uh, he's not as fast as that, though. I think he plays that fast, though. Like, he didn't run the 4-3, but when you see him on the field, he looks like a 4-3 player to me. Like, and he, he, he got his production a lot of the same way that, um, can't think of this kid's name, that he did. Like, the bubble screens. You didn't see him getting a lot of bombs downfield with somebody who ran 4-4 at six feet, you would think would get. In contrast to, like, a James Washington, who's a 5-5 guy, but got a bunch of bombs down the field. For sure. Anybody else you want to add? No, that covers everybody else. I had uh, I had Saint Brown after that. So now, uh, as we come down to the end of our show, uh, we're gonna talk some hockey playoffs, which we don't. Uh, joining us today is my good friend Dan from Bending Those Best, uh, representing. Gonna gonna give us the the one minute. Uh, as soon as I put him on the clock to tell us about all we need to know about this hockey uh, so we know what was going on with the Caps. Dan, you there, you there, brother? Yeah, man. I'm here, man. How you guys doing? What's up, man? Talk, talk, talk to me about the Caps, man. What, are they going to disappoint us again this year? Or? All right. So, so I got I got four points for you real quick because they're not on a lot of time. Okay. All right. All right. Tortorella, which is a coach of the Columbus Blue Legends, two, two for four against the Caps in the playoffs. Bang, bang. Okay. All right, so go either way. Caps are three and one against the Blue Jackets this year. Bang, bang. All right, that's Caps good. Are actually, Caps are actually going in to the playoffs on a relatively good streak. So they won twelve out of the last fifteen games. Bang, bang. And they've switched up goalies because Hobie's been having such a suspect year. And they're going with Grubauer, and I'm I'm saying employ the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins method and ride them until the brakes fall off. So you you so you optimistic? Are, are, they, are they going to the Stanley Cup? It's going to be tough, but I think if they if they if they play the way they've been playing the last twelve or the last fifteen games consistently, they got a really good chance this year, or at least get to the conference finals. At least that would be a hallelujah moment. So they will get out of the first round. That's what you yeah, tell them. Yeah, I think they will get out of the first round. And I, what I'd like to see is them play uh, Philly next round. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's tough, so they might play Pittsburgh again. Which just then you'd have to oh, OZ. There are Achilles heel, brother. Philly, I mean, not Philly, but the uh, Pittsburgh pain was is our Achilles heel. Oh, I know. I know. Hey, every blind squirrel finds a nut. What? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Is there, is there anything else we need to know about this hockey playoffs? I would say look at look at Grubauer, and I, I don't know I, if my if I had to find a secret piece, I would say this new rookie who just came in from college, Shane Gersich. Now, if he, if they let him in, he's been doing the two games he played. He was on fire. He didn't score any points, but he put enough pressure to be, be known. Is he a defender or an offensive guy? He's, he's a he's, he's a forward. He's a forward. Okay. Out of North Dakota State, uh, North yeah, North Dakota. So it's going it's going to come down to you know because in the playoffs it's about the goalie. What the goalie's going to do? Is it well, is it going to be so? So hope so to answer that question, Hopi and Braden are uh, Hopi and Grubauer are pretty close, but Grubauer has got like two two thirty two save percentage, and Hopi's a two ninety nine. So the lower the number is clearly the better. But and mm-hmm. I mean it's just Hopi's just been too inconsistent. And I think you got to do with Pittsburgh last year. They put Andre Fleury in, Mark Andre Fleury in, because um, Murray was hurt, and they rode him until they couldn't ride him anymore. And they put their they put their their stud back in, and then he led him to the he led him to the chip. So mm. I'm saying employ the same method. So you're saying go with Hopi? No, I'm saying go with Grubauer, and then Grubauer. If, if if he shows any cracks, then you put you put Hopi back in because you know he's ready for the playoffs. But Grubauer's earned the spot. Okay. All right, man. Any any plugs? Any shout outs you want to give? Uh, well, we'll actually be doing. Me, me and my me and guys are doing our recording ours. Our playoff. We're gonna go dissect the whole offense, defense, position, goalie. We're gonna give who's better of this series between the Blue Jackets, and that'll be out probably most likely Thursday morning. Okay, uh, so check out Ben and those best. My man Dan, appreciate you coming on the show, man. And uh, you know, for our hockey fans out there, all, all five <laughs> of them. I, I know, I know. Thank y'all for having me on. I know y'all skeptical, <laughs> but remember, keep the faith. That's all you can do is keep the faith. And Carol, keep growing, Carol, keep growing that scraggly playoff beard you've been growing for about a year now. <laughs> My man, Dan. All right, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> all right. That's Dan, the man from Ben and Those Best, giving us the, the hockey inside. 
Uh, I'm gonna try to hold the hold the faith, man. With the, the Caps, they they just so disappointed every time. Like most Washington sports, is nothing new. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think if if it was ever a time to like make a run, it would be this this year because they're not really expected to do yeah, anything. Nobody off. checking for them. Yeah. Yeah. First first playoff game is Thursday. Aaron, what what you trying to do? You trying. I'm trying to get a press pass now, though. He lying. I'm laughing. I'm serious. He lying. He lying. Oh, yeah. No, oh, let's make it happen, then, though. Make it happen. Uh, follow us at OSS980. Uh, you can write the show. You can send in notes, whatever you want. You got questions. You can send us questions. Uh what else, man? Uh, shout out to Wes Buffy. Shout out to uh, Working Title Podcast. Shout out to uh, who else we got? Uh, my man Vegas at Hip Hop Now. Shout out to Kicking It with G Man. Special shout out to Kicking It with G Man. Uh, we're gonna get G Man on the show next. Uh, have him talk some soccer. Uh, we we definitely gonna have him closer when we get to the World Cup you know, get into some soccer and stuff for, for our soccer fans out there. Uh, props to him. He looked out for the, uh, for OSS 980 millions of times. So big ups to you. Uh, shout out to Sports Talk Tasha. Um, shout out to, shout out to Lance J and Lance J Radio. Check them out. And that is our show. Next week, we, who we got on tap for next week? What we breaking down? We did the quarterbacks. We did the, did we go get running backs? We gotta go defense. Go defense? Now. Yeah. Oh, defense. so let, let, let's go DNs next week then. We'll do right. we'll do DNs and pass rushes. See who out there. Um and that is all. We out. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak. Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about Let me speak! How does it feel?